Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. No, it's not about him anymore. Talk uh, Recorded live. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this grand, special, everybody gets away with murder if you're not from this country edition <laughs> of Political Straight Talk. <laughs> I... I'm your host, the political superman, coming to you from an undisclosed location in the super-secret bunker that is not necessarily on top of a hill. Usually I'm in the bunker that's on top of a hill. Today I am not. Anyway, the time, 946 on the East Coast, 646 on the let's let murderers get away with murder and convict them of having a gun left coast. Excellent point. So, Excellent left point. Coast, I love that too. Let oh me, my God! Let's talk about it. Let me start with this right here. I decided today, during some downtime at my work job, to utilize the internet and look up some statistics over the past nine years. And what I found was very disturbing. If you are white and an American citizen. Your conviction rate, if you are charged with a capital crime, is 98%. Now, if your name is... Well, we'll just leave that be. Now, if you are black... (laughs) Pay attention. Pay attention to this right here. If you are black and charged with a capital crime in the U.S. of A., you are 86% likely to go to prison. if you are classified as an undocumented illegal alien in this country, the conviction rate for you falls to 34%. Astonishing. That is absolutely astonishing. With the majority of those coming in the southeast, where we will kill you dead, no matter if you are illegal or not, we will convict you and fry you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. If you are in Texas or Florida, I would suggest not committing a crime. They have express lanes with the death penalty. Yes, they do. Now. And like I said, Delaware's trying to bring it back. Let us discuss, number one, the verdict yesterday, because the verdict... While it surprised me, I expected him to be convicted of the lesser of the three charges, reckless homicide. Mm-hmm. I knew he wasn't going to get murder one or murder two. I suspected he would get involuntary manslaughter. He did not. Now, there have been some hypothesizing today of why he didn't. I'm going to tell you why he didn't. Very simple. Because to convict him of either first degree, second degree, or involuntary would fast-track mass deportations of illegals 
in this country. They already are supporting yes. people. Since yes. the president since President Trump has taken over, there has been fourteen thousand people deported from this country. Not all, all Hispanic, right. but there has been fourteen thousand people deported. There is another eight thousand in detention facilities awaiting deportation and another eleven hundred or twelve hundred that the DOJ has issued arrest warrants for in the past six weeks. So it's there, but what you're not hearing about, hearing it from, is the news. Of course not. Okay. And what we they're not really talk. talking about is the fact that it was a political decision. The the verdict yeah. had nothing to do with whether or not, you know, what what it really came down to is let's not let Donald Trump get a victory. Let's not let people get a victory when it comes to uh, you know, like obviously, you know, sitting here using this 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 man as a scapegoat for the political correctness of the of the right. Okay, you see, so now we're we're seeing the reverse of the political correctness working in the other direction, in in that way. And so this this verdict actually works to kind of neutralize the situation. Well, it's it's this verdict is actually going to backfire. Yeah, it will. Okay, because I have seen today, especially out there on the left coast, legal Hispanics rising up and saying, look, this is not representative of our community, and we don't condone this. But thank goodness for Jeff Sessions, who before the ink was dry on the court order yesterday when he was acquitted, had wet ink on his own court order saying, we're going to arrest him. Now, yep. here's here's what's going to happen to the guy. There's been hypothesizing about this. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you exactly what's going to happen. He's going to be convicted of a gun charge, a federal gun charge. Okay? He's going to be sentenced under the federal enhancement guidelines to 20 years or more. He will then be sent back to Mexico, told that if he steps foot in the U.S. of A. again, he will be put in a federal slammer in Florence, in Colorado, and if anybody knows anything about Florence, you get 23 and 1. Everybody at Florence gets 23 and 1. That's where some of our most notorious criminals are. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ted Kaczynski, yep. the name one. Uh, the Shoe Bomber is there. Uh, Al Zarkari is there. Uh, Breach, the traitor, the gentleman that was with the FBI, he's there. So they will trade him, and they will use this as a negotiating tool with Mexico to begin the wall process more in earnest than it already is. People don't realize that the wall has been going up. Really? Um, yes, the wall has been going up. They they have been, well, let me just tell you, the wall's been going. We've had funding for the wall since President Bush. Yeah. Okay? We've had funding for most everything to do with the southern border since 2003. Okay. But there's been some hang-ups. There's been depletion. When Obama came in, he depleted the Border Patrol. He depleted the government contractors whose sole purpose was to build the smart fences and to build the smart stations, um, truthfully, I believe, to flood this country. Now. Why yesterday's verdict will backfire? First, 
people realized that this verdict was nothing more than a bunch of <laughs> I'm sorry for the ladies on here, but this is nothing more than a bunch of pussies making a decision because they don't have the balls to say, look, whether you're legal or illegal, you killed a United States citizen and you deserve to go to prison. Mm-hmm. There is no doubt about him killing her, okay? But they knew the conviction would make everybody on the left coast that's a liberal look back. And so they had no choice. They had zero choice but to find this guy not guilty of these charges because to do so validates, and uh, Donaldson, you were right, that to do so would be to validate everything that Donald Trump's been saying. But if you think that Donald Trump's not going to get a bump out of what happened in California and him going on the offensive, he's already been on the offensive today. The vice president's on the offensive. The attorney general's on the offensive. The border patrol's on the offensive. And the family of this young lady is on the offensive. They have sued the Border Patrol. They have sued the Justice Department. And when I say these departments, mm-hmm. they're not suing the people that are there now. They're actually suing, they're going to sue what would have been the Eric Holden Justice Department. But since Jeff Sessions is there, he's going to have to either defend it or pay out. I suspect they'll settle and pay out. But I say this I'm lawsuit... Aren't they also suing the city of San Francisco? Yes, because San Francisco is a sanctuary <laughs> city. Yes. And so they, um, the government, people that work in the government are indemnified against being sued personally. So there's no risk of them being civilly sued personally. But I think it's going to shine a light on, on San Francisco's sanctuary city policy and if you dig a little more into san francisco and look at their criminal element the majority of their crimes are being committed by hispanics Mm -hmm. which is interesting given that hispanics only make up 22 percent of san francisco's population true and you know they have this place called the tenderloin in san francisco in in the tenderloin (laughs) okay in, in the tenderloin what you see is a plethora of drug dealers, prostitution, and it's mostly, I'll be honest, it's mostly black uh, citizens, black people in the community, okay? Um, You don't see the Mexican establishment there in that neighborhood at all, right? But I see police all over the place, you know, and it's like, let's just, let's just harp on that. Let's just capitalize on what we can in that neighborhood, but let's let the the uh, Hispanic community over here, well, well, the Ill- illegal immigrants are, uh, you know, domiciled or whatever. Let's just let them, uh, uh, you know, proliferate. Let's let them thrive a little bit, you know. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. All the police should be in the mission. Well, I, you know, they say that, that Lady Justice is blind, and we both know that she's really not. But... If we're going to say that justice is blind, then we need to let her be blind, no matter your race, ethnicity, color, um, you know, gender. And I know in San Francisco they're confused about their gender. So, you know, not everyone, that, not everyone out here is confused about their gender. Okay, I'm here. <laughs> Are you confused? Uh, no. Okay. I know exactly who I am. I am I am a male species, 
And as a matter of fact, uh, I, there's no confusion at all with regard to the, the procreation factor. But what, what's interesting about it is that there, there are a lot of people that are, that are being brainwashed and misled in this liberalist community. And you know what? A lot of the uh, heterosexual of this community are being left out in the cold. You know? and, and you know what? Honestly, they don't even realize it because they don't even care to study or to look at what's going on. So, I mean, there's so many different levels to, the, to uh, moving forward with agendas of depopulation and, as well as um, depoliticalization of either community that it, it, it's hard to mention every one of them. Well, I know that for a while there was a big push to remove most heterosexuals from San Francisco. That a lot really? of the gay gay community wanted basically didn't want any any heterosexuals in there, which was kind of a surprise to me given that <laughs> you need them to keep people I think it's in funny. the city. No, it's, it's kind of funny actually because there's no way that the community could get away with that. I mean, obviously that's a that's a, a bias based on gender or based on sexual preference. It's totally unconstitutional. Sure. If the commu- yeah. But it's mm-hmm. unconstitutional to allow illegals in the country. Mm-hmm. Yet we have no law that specifically forbids. And this was the interesting thing that that it took me forever to wrap my head around. It's illegal to be in this country illegally. It is not, however, illegal to cross the border. And I never could understand that. Okay, let me let me correct myself here. The actually private private discrimination according to the constitution is actually permitted. You're allowed to privately discriminate, but Congress has the authority to enact statutes which Stop, um, which actually interfere with private conduct when it relates to slavery and things of that nature. So now that's true. Yeah, it's called the Thirteenth Amendment. Yes, that's accurate. But nobody's disputing that. I'm just but again, out that... yeah. Again, the, the the thing about it is though that what we are being fed is a straight up lie. That somehow the 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 acquittal right of this this individual is is a blow to the Don, to the Donald Trump legacy. It's a lie. It's a freaking lie. Okay, they did this on purpose. It was a total political move to actually make make uh, Republicans look bad. Well, we agree it was a political move. It, it was one hundred and ten percent a political move. I don't think there's anybody blinded to that well liberals may be blinded to that fact yeah but anybody that follows politics on a semi-regular basis saw this verdict as nothing more than a political move so so you're right well as you were matey (laughs) all right thank you before we move on to another topic i know there's several of you that have something to say about this one so Fire away. I'm still stunned. Um, but I totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
Yeah. I, I totally agree that this was a referendum on uh, Trump. That uh, this was to say, well, you see, you're not going to be able to uh, take our federal money away. I don't think so. Yes, you brought up a good point, you guys. Here's the, here's the interesting thing that she brought up to me was, did somebody influence that lawyer to actually rule in the favor of him so that way it would it would make Donald Trump look bad? Was he influenced? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, look at what he said last night right after the verdict. You know, these people should remember that they're under investigation, too, and they could find themselves, oh, shut up. You know, what? Why don't mm-hmm. we turn the knife a little deeper into the parents' back, you know? Jeez, give me a break. You know, I, I'm I'm still say that California should just go ahead and succeed from the damn union and, you know, go on their merry, happy way because they've already, what, uh, legalized marijuana out there. Not that they need it legalized. Well, that's coming. Already... That's coming here too. Don't 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 dog that. It's yeah, but, yeah. But the only the only downside of of legalization of marijuana is that it actually hurts private cultivation. It doesn't actually yeah. do any damage to the people of the United States. It just hurts private cultivation. It says infringement on private rights is what it is. Hmm. Well, they're all using it anyway. Okay, elaborate. Yeah. Wait a minute. Let's back up. Elaborate on that statement. Well, what what I mean is, I think you probably already know, is that when big government begins to take over cultivation of formerly illegal products, like say, and there's a huge market for it, right? What you're what you what you end up getting is uh, a an abstract version of of freedom, whereby you have a market. But no longer is it free, and, and America is prides itself on free market capability. And I mean, that's politically speaking, California is trying to take this to the rest, this this model to the rest of the country to all the states. It makes me sick as a Californian to think that. Well, California doesn't like capitalism as a whole. They want a more of a communism, a communal style socialism. Fine, they can separate themselves from the rest of the United States. Actually, there's only one state that has the authority to secede. That's Texas. And it ain't Cali- and it ain't California, A. No, it's Texas. It is. Why? How is that? Can you explain that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. During during Reconstruction, part of when the the Southern states came back into the Union. All of the states got together and entered into a pact, and they gave up their right to secede in order to accept federal funding. And all states in the union at that time gave that up. When Alaska and California, or excuse me, when Alaska and Hawaii came into the union, the part of the agreement of statehood was that they too would give up their right to secession. The only state that did not was Texas. And that had to do, that goes back to when Texas first came into the Union and the agreement that they have with the federal government. I think you're talking about public lands. No, I'm talking about about the state as a whole. When they agree, this is the thing, when you agree to accept federal funding, you give that up. 
Well, here's what I know. In California, check this out. In California, just as they were admitted into the union, in I think it was what, uh, somewhere around 1871 or maybe even 1879. No, 1879, right? They made a conversion. Okay, so they had this 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 congressional act which created which allowed California to be admitted into the Union, right? So 1879-ish. And around that time, they said, um, Californians having, you know, basically having having accumulated a specific population, a certain amount of people, but they they want to create, you know, they're, they're asking, they're requesting for, you know, permission to be admitted into the Union. This, this works completely abstract to the, to to the original construct of what this country is about, by the way. No, no nation had to ask permission. All these nations got together, you know. But getting back to my point, is, is once they did that, they gave up all claim to public land. It's actually in the Congressional Act, if you go look it up, the act that created California as, as uh, you know, being admitted into the Union, uh, depicts the reality that they gave up all claim to public land. And what, so my question is, what does that mean, uh, Mr. Host? Is there, number one, the question is, is there any truly private land in this country? The answer to that question is no. Uh, people think there's private. They think they own their property. They don't, number one. Number two, when, and I don't want to go too far into this topic. That'll be another program at another time, but the... The fact of the matter is California has an initiative that somebody's put forward that five or six people in California want to try and secede from the union. Okay? Uh, you'll know more about it. You're out there. Uh, yeah, I do. I do. I, I get it. Yeah. But it, it's out there. Well, what has to happen in order, it, it'll go to a referendum. Number one, it's never going to get on the ballot uh, because it's just never going to get on the ballot. But if it did get on the right, ballot and it no passed, succession. let's mm-hmm. say that it did get on the ballot and it passed, the minute that it passed, the federal government would issue a cease and desist to the state of California, and yeah, there'd be nothing coming to this. Supreme Court would strike it down as unconstitutional and would never happen because California, along with 49 of the other 50 states, there you go. gave up. They right sure to. fucking did. They sure fucking did with ratification. Yes. Hey. And let's kind of keep the language. Sorry about that. You pissed me. It pissed me off to think about that, though. I I got out of line right there. Sorry about that. Um, but so, if you really think about the ratification, didn't it really cause California to give up its sovereignty, it, it, allowing it back in the union to wait by waiving the right to access? public land in a private way. I mean, in some way that what, what there is no there's really an, a huge ambiguity there right there. What what is public land? Is it public when I own it privately? You know. Oh, it's well, it own. depends Can on you how get you define it because place? any because any land and and this is where and Republicans mess this one up. <laughs> but that's where this wonderful <laughs> little term of eminent domain comes into play. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you an example. There is a, 
a bypass. We have a road that runs through here, and everybody calls it the bypass. Mm-hmm. Well, the bypass has become so congested because of all the traffic and all the growth in the area that we now need to create a bypass for the bypass. <laughs> and so they yeah. put it referendum. It got voted down 93% to 7 Okay, well, they decided they didn't like that, so they went and got the county commission here to the way Tennessee works is the commission, huh? they can right. override the vote by getting our elected officials in Nashville to put it out on the floor. And what mm-hmm. they'll do is they'll do a listening tour, and we have three Republicans. Well, we at the time, we had two Republicans and a Democrat. And the Democrat was all for stripping, you know, creating this new bypass. And the two Republicans were like, you know, we need to see what we're going to do. Well, the state legislature will not pick it up unless two of the three agree, and then they'll pick it up and pass it. If two of the three don't, they'll cause it to fail. Well, it failed. So they come back again, and now they did a safety study. And they have went through, they're going to create the bypass of the bypass, and they have went through and sent notice that they, I think, 47 homes are going to be destroyed as a result of this bypass. And they have notified the homeowners that they will be vacating and that they will be paid not market value for their home, tax value of their home, and not regular tax value, but the adjusted value for property value taxes. Right. Purposes, and the only, which everybody knows okay. is lower than the actual market value of your home. And who made the determination? That's my question. What agency made the determination? Can you give me a direct answer? Oh, yes, I can. The, U- <clears throat> the United States Department of Transportation. All right. That's not Congress, right? So therefore, that's what, con- guess what? That department has no fucking authority. Excuse my friend. Hey. To hey. Ex- hey. Sorry, sorry, sorry. They have no authority to expand congressional authority. So no no department of the government, no regulatory department can actually expand legislative, congressional legislative authority. We know that. When you, yeah, but and that's exactly do, the problem. What has here. happened? Here, here, yeah. here is where they get you. They go under eminent domain. What is in the public's best interest? What is for public safety, public this, public that? And they get it under eminent domain. So these homes have been mm-hmm. forfeited under eminent domain. And they I know what you're challenge. talking about. Mm-hmm. They did challenge it to the federal court, and the Sixth Circuit upheld the eminent domain. Yeah, but you know, interestingly, because it was probably a middle-tier review, they never really gave it strict scrutiny because no fundamental right was being questioned. I, I honestly think that the people in America need to really, really do the education, do the research, and understand what the heck is going on before they start to challenge these things so we don't get our cases thrown out of court when we start when we try to challenge this type of unconstitutional behavior by uh, would be you know uh, municipalities. Well, eminent domain is there's a lot of restrictions on that particular principle, and usually it does apply to things like expansion of roads and things like that that are necessary to, to accommodate the population. Otherwise, it's not. It's like when Trump tried to do it, I, I hate to bring this up as an ex- example, but when Trump tried to do it to the woman in New Jersey, she fought it and she won. He did not get to build his parking lot for his casino. 
okay? And he tried using eminent domain as a way to do it because he had the money to do it. Eminent domain's not going to work on a private property. Yeah, no, excuse me. No way. Sorry about that. I speak so bad language. Yeah, eminent domain is mostly for easements, right? You know what an easement is, right? Yes. That's that's what eminent domain is mostly used for. And well, I have a friend here. It for, but yeah. I've seen it used for schools. I okay. I have seen it used for most recently. I saw it used for a community center. That's really re- strange, actually. If you think about that, that's kind of weird, you know. Like, well, you know we, something else though. I think that too. A lot of times, deals are made. Wow. They did. They had some similar things happen in Cincinnati, but they made deals with those homeowners, and they they didn't just give them like like what you're talking about, Fabian, with less than market value included. The, the, oh. In fact, it was tax value. That did. might be the case for a road that they're going to build, but it, it wasn't the case in some of these other instances where they built other things in its place. Um, they like they might have had they had a strip at, down in Cincinnati where there was like three or four homes affected, and for the most part around it it was all business district, and there were a few of the homes that were left there, and they offered them big time money to get them out so that they could build commercial and you know commercial structures. You know what she brings up a great point, you guys, and that is that of the zoning. Like let me let me see if this guy can get on the topic of that. Like, so what? They have the authority to do eminent domain. But what happens when after that the eminent domain exceeds its authority because, you know, the city allows the establishment of, say, you know, corporate entities to be existing there and do business or whatever or even private businesses to start up and they're getting taxes from that? I mean, at what point does the eminent domain begin to, uh, you know, reach its climax and, and start to actually hurt the people of the local community. Well, with zoning, I have seen exemptions. What they do, it, it's all a thing. The county commission, city councils, they'll go in. Uh, uh, yes, zoning is important. And fix it to where it's zoned properly. So if it's not zoned for... In other words, for commercial use, it shouldn't. If, if let's say the easement under eminent domain was just for a walkway, but then all of a sudden you see a bunch of businesses start to sprout up in that in that area. Well, obviously it's not zoned for businesses, so the appropriate response would be that someone needs to step up and say, "Hey, there's a misuse of the easement. There's a misuse of the eminent domain right here, and it's after the fact." Yes, and and. Listen, they know this stuff's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It, it's not. It's it's not that they they know this crap's going to happen. This is how they. This is how how governments do it when they can't get the voters to uh, to do what they want them to do. <laughs> sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. We won in this state. We stopped an income tax. Thank goodness we have we now have a constitutional amendment in our state constitution to prevent an income tax from ever coming back. Uh, but uh, so the government kind of plays around with that. But anyway, let's go back to our. That's interesting. Point. I would like to hear more about that. Which, but it's kind of interesting what you just said about the income tax. But let yeah, go back to your original topic. Well, with and and. <laughs> you know, in, 
with this state, <laughs> the, the issue is they, the way they get you is they try to nickel and dime you to death. Mm. And, you know, we have the sales tax that we pay on everything. Now, they've they've adjusted it here recently, but, but we pay a sales tax. Um, our food sales tax is comparable to most other states that have an income tax, so we don't pay the full mm. sales tax on food. But mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. I think it's dropped to like 4% now. It was 5 but now it's 4 I don't think there is sales tax on food in San, in California. I don't I don't know. It's been years since I've been out there. Yeah, there is no I know most states food. that have an income tax do tax food to a lesser degree. Mm-hmm. But uh anyway, back to our point of justice in this country. Yeah. Let's go ahead and finish up with the verdict in California and then we'll move on to the next topic. So anybody oh, else have excellent. any comments on the verdict in California? Yeah. Sucks. Well, we know it sucks. Mark, yeah, I know you're chomping at the bit to say something, so go ahead. Okay, Mark was on here. I yeah, Mark, are you still on the call? In case you all don't know, I cannot see. I He's usually can the, see the master screen, but I can't. I can't right now. He's on the call. Since California was once part of Mexico, well, we know there it is. Hey, Mark. Thanks for the history lesson that we didn't need, Mark. <laughs> I think this is a travesty of justice. Oh, and man. Throw that in there for, for giggles. You had, a, you had a prosecution in this case, didn't make the case for the state, and didn't allow for the victim to be represented in this case. Now, wait a minute. Wait, wait. Sorry, this is part of where I'm the host and I can interrupt people. Okay. You said to me that the state did not make their case. No, I don't believe they did. Dude, I saw less evidence put forward in the Scott Peterson case, and they convicted him. Exactly. This wasn't a circumstantial case. The Scott Peterson case was a circumstantial case all the way through, okay? And California sent him to the death row. So I, th- this is not a case of them not making. This absolutely is not a case of them not making the case, because they did. And heck, it was never in question of him shooting her. That was never the question. Okay, you take a tale of two different trials, both in the same area. They were. And one was a case. white guy and a U.S. citizen. The other one was not a U.S. citizen. Well, you also had the cute blonde that said, well, he said he wasn't married. Oh? Well, you're talking about Peterson. That, yeah, I'm that's talking ir- about Peterson. That's irrelevant. We're talking about... about a 15-year lapse between the two incidents. It may be. But the point being, as you said, they didn't make the case. I heard a lot of the testimony, and I thought the case was made quite clearly. Okay. The issue was, and and here's the problem, okay, and we didn't find this out until after the jury reached the verdict. The jury was unaware of the seven felonies, Uh number one. Number two, the jury was unaware that he had been deported multiple times, okay? Number three, the jury was unaware that he had... 
I don't understand that, Fabian. Why would that be? With the, um, I would assume that the attorneys, the attorneys argued successfully that it had no relevance on the case, and the judge, the judge probably found that there was no relevance to it. But the one thing that I do think was relevant is that two of those felonies were violent, which well, says that this person is violent. In the, in the pleadings, if they don't bring up all these other things, it's 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 just not. A, the judge is going to totally ignore anything that's not actually brought up in the allegations. So if well, this, yep, it, you know, I'm making my case right now, the state failed to do its due diligence. Uh, again, no. nobody's making no. your case. There you go. Oh, I am actually helping in the guy. The guy, actually, I, I have to admit it. <laughs> We're not no. making your case for you. The seven felonies, what? as a whole. Hang on a second. The seven felonies wouldn't have done it alone for me. Okay, the guy admits he was there, and the guy admits he shoots her. He says the gun discharged accidentally. I'm sorry, if your finger is not on a trigger, that gun is just not going to shoot itself. That's right. Not and happening. This is not just a regular gun. This is a SIG. This SIG it's a, it's a what? Path. It doesn't okay. make any difference. Okay, it's it on the market. Even if this gun was used and abused, that you bring in an expert, someone who works for SIG, or someone who knows the uh, weapon, and says, listen, this gun does not have a history of firing on its own. No, and it doesn't, it have, a tr- it doesn't have an itchy trigger either. It doesn't have a sensitive trigger. So it's not one that you're just going to, oh, oops, my finger brushed it. Uh-huh. It, does, it doesn't matter if it was a BB gun. They don't go off by themselves. Exactly. Okay, well, so I know that he was playing with the gun, just messing with it, just you know, like checking if it would work, and with without the intention of shooting anyone, and that it ricocheted off the concrete and hit her. It hit mm-hmm. him, not to hit her. Okay, here's that was what was argued, right? Okay, yeah. here's a scenario. I'm driving down the highway, and I swerve to avoid, say, a deer, a rabbit an antelope or whatever the heck is on the road, and I hit a car. Now, the person in that car, I kill them. Then now, you're guilty I'm of vehicular be homicide. Vehicular and homicide, which would be, you can't blame the dog, the, the dog, the rabbit, the coyote, or anything that I'm swerving against, you're going to blame me. Correct. Because I'm driving that operation, that vehicle. Now, negligent homicide, the definition is that you are not intending on killing someone, but you do it anyway. The fact that he was not even found guilty of negligent homicide, when he had the gun in his possession, he is found guilty of possessing the gun, and he had to have pulled the trigger to a certain weight ratio of the trigger to make it go off. Listen, we all know he killed her. We all know that he did it intentionally. We all know it was a political verdict because had that had that trial happened in any other city in the United States, with the exception of Los Angeles, okay, He's dead by now, his ass would have been convicted. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. Pure. <laughs> okay. Why don't they redo the trial? Ask. Well, obviously, double jeopardy's attached, but stick him. Stick him in one of our southern states and let him go to trial. Number yeah. one, that trial won't last a month. No. Number two, that trial will last about three days. Okay. Three hours. 
And well, that's the separation probably, of powers doctrine. That's the reason why that is that exists. Separation I'm, of powers, I'm, right? Right. I'm well aware. Yeah. And this, del- is, I know this is in a perfect world. Okay, yeah. we're not in a perfect. And deliver place. and deliberation would take about. But now the minutes. truth of the matter is that you know y'all heard me talk about this, and I'm I'm going to reiterate it here. He's innocent. Okay, according to the law, he's innocent. Hmm. Now, well, case. Well, wait a minute. Well, hold on. Are you sure about that? In the eyes of the law, he's innocent. What, what well, according law? to the. De- According to the feds, he's well, not. Wait a second. Hold on. According to the determination of the court, he's not, right? I mean, he's Correct. innocent. That's well, not I mean, the law. He's going to be sued See, this is the interesting thing about the court system is that they only have the duty of interpreting the law. They don't create the law. That doesn't mean he's not guilty of breaking the law still. So you, you, you brought up a really good point. Well, he did break the law for possessing the firearm. But California, mm-hmm. even California, and this is the thing. California does not have a state law that prevents felons from having firearms. California does not. Just like Tennessee doesn't, Georgia doesn't, Arkansas doesn't. Mm-hmm. It is a federal law. Yeah. Okay? Which is what they're going to nail him on, which is what the feds are doing, which is why they picked him up today. They're going to they're going to lay the hammer down on him when it comes to the gun. Well, you know what? It pro- they probably def- the state Okay, here's what happened. He probably defeated it on adequate and independent state grounds, whereby the federal government probably had no authority to actually make a, a claim because the incident occurred in a specific district. And the state had laws already enacted whereby it had jurisdiction. And the federal, in other words, it in, this, there was no, no, no authority for the federal government to enjoin to get involved well, in the case, you know. Actually, I mean, that's not true. No, I'll, tell you why, I'll tell you why it's not true. Where did this murder right. happen? Where did this murder happen? San Francisco. No, not the not the town. Where specifically did it happen? Oh, on the uh, pier. The, uh, it happened on Portland. a pier. Where's that pier located? On federal land. <clears throat> no. Where did the where what where does the pier what is the pier in? The water? In the water. In water, yeah. No water within the United States borders. Twelve miles out, mm-hmm. surrounding this country, no waterway inside the borders of the United States belongs to a state or local entity. None. I hear you. You're talking it about Admiralty. all federal. Mm-hmm. So right. if they wanted to, the case could have been made that this was a federal crime. Okay. And depending right. on where it's at in San Francisco and what pier, if there is a military vessel that's parked within a hundred yards of where this crime happened, I got news for you. It's automatically a federal crime, whether they're standing on dirt or not. So the feds could have addressed this. Now, odds of feds going in and, and doing murder charges, usually they don't. They let the states handle it. But the feds, the... Obama administration obviously wouldn't have touched this with a ten foot pole. But Jeff Sessions, all they're doing Let me, is the look, only I think the differ. Only on, on the let the lady speak. I I I'm willing to wait a little bit. The Go federal ahead. Department of Justice issued an arrest warrant for him when this happened. Yes, but they rescinded okay. it and allowed the state to take over. Right. I know that. Now they've reactivated it. 
But the only arrest warrant that they issued him was for a deportation. The arrest warrant that came out today is for federal firearms charges. Right. So they You know why I agree with the federal firearms charge? It's because he's not even a loyal constituent. He's not going exactly. to the federal... He's, he's, he's not a loyal constituent. How the hell can he, can he be allowed to have a Second Amendment right? It doesn't exist. Not true. If you're in this country, you are afforded <laughs> all the rights that, that citizens are afforded. Unfortunately, she's right. Yeah. Because uh, if you're, I don't know about that. Yes, they sir. are... They... Uh, if he was rescued... Right well, I mean, listen... This this guy is never going to serve a day in the federal slammer, okay? Mm-hmm. All they're interested in, they're going to slap a they're going to slap you a conviction what? on him. They're going to give him the years, and then they're going to deport him back to Mexico. And they're going to say, look, and they're going to tell the Mexican government, look, if he crosses this border again, we've got his rear end for the remainder mm-hmm. of his days, and it will be reflected in any aid package that we may or may not send to your sorry butts. So there you go. And you know what? Just get the guy out of here. I don't want my tax dollars or anybody else's tax dollars having to support the uh, ne'er do well. We support nearly two million of our own ne'er do well. Can't they also charge him from illegal entry back to the country? They charge well, him it, for being in the country illegally. You guys, equal protection does apply to non-resident aliens. We know but, that. Yeah, I know. No, you know but that. I'm saying. But the real thing is, does the Second Amendment apply to, and does equal protection, is, is equal protection an aspect of the Second Amendment? I don't believe it is. Well, actually, it says It hasn't been protection. argued, and it's not an issue for, uh, for debate, but I don't believe it's an aspect of that. Well, the, the words equal protection under the Constitution would imply that the entire Constitution would apply. So, yes, I would say that the Second Amendment would apply, which means the rules and regulations governing the Second Amendment apply, which means a convicted felon cannot have a firearm. Right. Yeah. He, in other words, he couldn't have a firearm. Right, exactly. He's and not he's supposed going to, to be... Yeah. They will also sentence him under the enhanced sentencing guidelines. Mm-hmm. Okay? Because he's... Listen, he's in trouble. I mean, he's not. Mm-hmm. he's not going to skate... He's going to be sued civilly, and I'm going to tell you right now, the burden of proof in a civil court is so low that, you know, O.J. Simpson got convicted in a civil court. So yeah. there was there was not proof for O.J. Simpson. And also, so he, he's, going to get, he's going Good to get stuff. hit. He's going to get hit with a big civil suit, never going to see any money out of it, but the family will at least get a guilty a guilty verdict, which is what I think they're after. I don't think they're after money. I don't think they're after fame. I think they're after simply somebody to accept responsibility and say, look, had this guy been dealt with when he was supposed to be dealt with, he wouldn't have been here. And if we would enforce our borders, a lot of these crimes that are happening involving illegals would not happen. And I have no problem with that. I think we do need to hold our leaders accountable, whether it's California, whether it's South Carolina, whether it's Florida, Tennessee. I don't care. There are 19 enumerated powers in the Constitution, okay? One of them is for the, what? Federal defense, which means protecting our borders. We have not done that. And to hear this excuse of, and I heard,
heard this today, somebody decided to argue with me that, well, Jesus didn't like borders. Well, I got news for you. Jesus loved borders. Okay? Jesus said, when in Rome, do as Romans do, to obey the laws of the land, or more specifically, to obey the laws of God and the laws of man, but not to put any man above God. So respect the borders. And this is the thing. We can't have an immigration policy until we seal the border. Then, even back in the heyday of immigration, legal immigration, coming through Ellis Island, okay, the only people we let in were people we needed. So Mm -hmm. if we need electricians, if you were an electrician, you got to come in. If we needed computer tech scientists, and I know there wasn't computers then, but if we need computer tech people, well, then we let computer tech people in. It is not our place, never has been our place, to accept every vagabond that wants to come to this country. I dig it. I dig it. That's beautiful. You said it right, man. It's it's about the people's will in this mug. And, you know, when, when, when the people say, you know what, we want these people to come in because they have specific talents, specific skills, and there should be no no debate as to whether you know whether or not that that rule is the law. That's merit based well, visas. That's what they want to go to, as opposed to this this nonsense that they've been using. Well, the mere fact too that he was read his Miranda rights, and so that by that act alone. Had he not been read his Miranda rights, nothing they said or did after that point would have mattered and everything would have been thrown out on the federal level and the state level. Right. But I'm going back to the fact where uh, he hmm? have rights in this country. But no. Was, uh, no. I'm I saying have to, yeah. okay. that he was read his Miranda rights. That means he was given the right. Had he not been of, read his Miranda rights, he would have walked scot-free from the federal charges and the state charges. That's right. So, well, wait a minute. Congress already enacted a statute to surpass Miranda. See, so what you they, they, did you know this? They, they actually created a statute that cre- that makes it voluntariness the standard. No longer do police officers have to actually do Miranda warnings. It's okay. voluntariness. Okay, it's true. It's true. That's not true. Can I yes, just it is. Come here real quick? Are you Go look kidding? It up. There no, I'm not kidding. I'm not, I'm not kidding. That, that's there has been truth. a whole lot of I'm serious. laws in... I'll give, you the, I'll give you the source. I'll give you the source if you want to wait on the line after we're done talking. No, I, you know what? Anything that you can tell me about a law that is in California would not surprise mm-hmm. me. Yeah. At this no, this, this is not a federal statute that suppresses that You don't even have to disclose when you have AIDS. So, well, that, that, that is a state. Okay. Listen, that's a state law, and I got news for them right now that as soon as they get an opportunity, when that gets challenged in the feds, and I know it's already being challenged, that's going to be mm-hmm. overturned because there's a little known clause in that little law called HIPAA. Okay? Mm-hmm. There is a federal law, and remember, no state law can contradict federal law that requires people with that disease, which is considered a deadly disease, to reveal that disease to people that may come in contact with a way to connect it. So in this case, let's say sex. If I was you don't, trying to make an example as to the if you don't, that's a federal crime. On out in that state. Because look at what they did to that doctor that exposed those women to... 
HIV, well, they went ahead and tried him on the federal level. Okay, mm-hmm. so don't expect that deal to stand. But let's go back to Miranda, because Miranda, I have exactly. watched. I've watched over the last year as major cases have been tossed out because Miranda was failed to be given. And not just in this state, but all across the United States. The Supreme Court was very clear when the United States versus Miranda took place and how that's all played out. If you don't read Miranda right, anything that happens after that, once they've been notified that, hey, you're being detained, okay, and they start questioning you, if you don't advise them of their rights, they will toss that case out. It doesn't matter if you're holding a gun when you when they see you. If they don't Mirandize you and they put those cuffs mm-hmm. on you and advise you of your rights, that case will be tossed. So do they have to give you notice that you're being detained they before don't they do Miranda? Say, Listen, it's implied when they're putting the handcuffs on you. When they question you, they have mm-hmm. to Mirandize you. Anything you say before the point in time that they Mirandize you will not mm-hmm. be admissible at all. You could tell them where get, the gun yeah. is. You could tell them where the mm-hmm. body is. You could tell them that you blew their head off. And okay. then they read you your rights. Nothing you said is going to be in that court. And if they charge you based on that, it's got to be thrown out. There's I'm a, looking there's it a up. Case, Go ahead. There's a case of a lady in Knoxville who killed her husband. She confessed to it, told him where the murder weapon mm-hmm. was, took him to the body. Well, after all of this was done, they decide to read her her rights. Mm-hmm. Well, they get to... They get to discovery and go to file the charges, and they go to the preliminary hearing, and the judge asked her if she had been Mirandized, and she explained that she had been Mirandized after they questioned her. Well, the judge immediately looks at the prosecutor and goes, is this true? Well, judge, uh, she had talked, and then after she had talked, they Mirandized her, and I asked her to, to sign a statement, which she did not do, by the way. And guess what? Because all the evidence they had had been retrieved prior to Miranda. Mm-hmm. She walked out of the courtroom scot-free. The charges were dismissed with prejudice because, I mean, she handed them everything. Now, to okay. be honest, I think she did it on purpose. Mm-hmm. She just immediately got it out, got it over with, got it done. Then they Mirandized her. And then she can go say, hey, sorry about you. No, I, I hear you, and I don't want to argue with you about it, but I will tell you this. When I did the research on Miranda, you know what a, do you know what shepherdization is? I do. All right. So I went and I did a shepherdizing on it, right? I went and I used the LexisNexis computer system at the law library, and guess what? It came back with a negative warning. It came back with a straight-up stop sign right there, a red one, which means severe negative treatment of Miranda. And why is it severe negative treatment? It's because they did, Congress did enact a statute that actually worked to um, circumvent mer- the, the decision in Miranda. Because as you know, case law is not the law, but statutes and constitutional provisions are when it comes to the civil authority. So, yeah, yes, we need, we need more stronger case law, but we need, to, we need to be up on it and we need to be producing more and more case law faster than Congress can produce their statutes in order to remain free. So let me ask you a question. What's up? Do you recognize that the government of the United States 
and the government of California, and I believe you live in San Francisco, if I remember correctly. Uh, the city of San Francisco, do you recognize those governments as having authority over you? No. Okay. So, are they don't you over me, but so, they are, I do give them authority to do certain do, things. Do you respect the laws of this country? So, in other yes. words, if a police officer pulls you over, are you going to immediately say to them that you do not recognize the authority of the United States over you? No. No, I won't do that. Okay. Because a lot of your argument, I hear from those that I don't know what the term is that they use for themselves, mm-hmm. but uh, basically a group of people that doesn't recognize the authority of the United States. There was one that was in the courts the other day or a couple of weeks back for tax fraud, not paying his taxes, and he yelled in the courtroom he didn't recognize the Oh, I wish I could remember the name. Anyway, a lot of the a couple of the arguments that you've made tonight have been, and I don't disagree with one of them, but um, from those, uh, <laughs> I don't know what I call them. But anyway, moving on to the next topic. Yes. Does anybody else hey, have anything? By the way, it's, it's, it's good to make the difference with you, bud. Let's move on. You. Yeah? I'm looking. I'm looking it up right now. Hey, listen. I tell. I tell everybody on this show, and and not on this show. They have the right to be wrong, and you do too. So, anyway, <laughs> so thank you, on. thank you. I'm Not always wrong. It's a I, I allow people. Is, you know, listen, normal. I'm a democracy on this show. I allow <laughs> people to be wrong. Anyway, so what about Mark? Is Mark ever wrong? Mark, oh, are you there? Trust me. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mark, <laughs> Mark, Mark yeah, knows, is always but, wrong. Mark knows when he's in trouble because he will put. We have a we have a group chat that with an organization that we're with, and he knows when he's busted because he'll go. I'm going to be getting a call from Fabian soon. <laughs> and sure enough, yep, you're in the box. I'm I'm calling. He's in the box. <laughs> but anyway, so does anybody else outside of Donaldson who? You know, he and I have taken up most of the conversation. Jill's had her say. Mark was in the middle of his say. So, Mark, if you've got anything else to say on the California thing, let's get that out, and then mm-hmm. Tammy and the rest of them can get what they have to say out so we can move on. The sickness general from Louisiana. Is, um, would the runt from Louisiana please speak up? <laughs> uh, Must be Tyrone. Is that Tyrone? I, I I lead my I um no it's Mark no I know that's Mark but I who's who's Louisiana is that you you're Mark from Louisiana Mark Mark's Louisiana okay <laughs> okay my bad my bad go ahead I want to by the way after Mark can we hear Tyrone yeah that's if just, there's if there's yeah, Tyrone in there yeah okay cool yeah I'm pretty much done you've all said what I wanted to say. Okay. Well, you you got some insight, though. Let's just give us your perspective of it. I mean, you can say it all differently. We'll get something new out of it. Uh, It's all been said. Awesome. You're sick with it. I didn't mean to steal your uh, limelight, but I just do my thing, you know? I just Googled this, and as of April 24th, 2012, police are required to read an individual their rights, Miranda warning before they may interrogate or question a detained individual. Mm-hmm. 
That's from April twenty fourth, two thousand twelve. Well, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go look in Lexus Nexus because Lexus Nexus is the is kind of the central go to for law buffs. So I will go look in Lexus Nexus on Monday. It's got severe negative treatment, you guys. And I also have a folder. By the way, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll share well, with you my. Check this out. I'm going to share with you my Miranda folder right now. I'm going to do a copy of the link to my Miranda folder, and you guys can. I'll go into your talk show chat room, and I'll post the link so you guys can get all these files, and you won't even have to go on to, to the law library. All right? You good with that? Yeah, I'm cool with that. All right. So uh, do your thing, and I'm going to make this posting. So go ahead, Mark. Did you have another topic that you wanted to talk about? Um, oh, I have. We're going to reverse Miranda. We'd have to have a constitutional amendment. It's not reversing yep. Miranda. It's just that here's the thing: the way con- you guys understand the way case law works, right? See, the judicial uh-huh. branch does not make the law. What they right. do is interpret it. So, mm-hmm. anytime, anytime the judicial branch makes a determination. It should be the job of, of Congress to enact a statute that is in harmony with what the people decided. But what ha- what happened? So 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 what happened in Miranda's case is that apparently they decided that co- that voluntariness was the most was what was the main point that of Miranda. In other words, Miranda it wasn't was so. Enforcement of the Fifth yeah. Amendment. Well, <laughs> it was established in 1966. It has not been reversed. I just posted. Miranda, Miranda rights have not been reversed. Let me see. U.S. They versus Dickerson. Still- Check out Dickerson. That's an interesting case that has to do with Miranda. They say that the defendant was charged with conspiracy to commit bank robbery and other offenses. And following grant of defendant's motion to suppress confession on ground that it was obtained in violation of Miranda, right? Government moved for reconsideration. All they did was move for con- re- reconsideration. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But that doesn't say that Miranda is the correct procedure. You know, so saying you for that incident. That, yeah. So do you think that Miranda has been violated at least 143 times? Well, violated? Yeah. Has Miranda been violated? Willfully, since... willfully has the has the application of Miranda been violated one, four, three times? Here's the statute. It's eighteen U.S.C. three five zero one. It's it comes out of Dickerson, by the way. And it was from 2000. So this lady's case, she's talking about 2012. You know, judges are allowed to interpret the law the way that they see it. According in this way, this may be actually a window into the the literal um, 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 distortion that we're actually experiencing. We actually experience the um, corruptness. Right of all of these judicial people who are working for other you know major corporations or whatever the hell they're doing, but the point is that if they, if they're still upholding Miranda when it's actually been treated negatively 
on Lexus, and Congress has already created statute 18 U.S.C. 3501, all about voluntary admissibility of confessions. I mean, you 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 would think that they were doing that just to get everybody worked up to a frenzy, you know? And it's like let's get everyone confused about what the truth is, and and yeah, you guys don't don't fight what's happening. Their admissibility. Don't, in other words, you don't have to speak to the police officers. Correct. You know what I'm saying? That's your, okay, but, and it's your right. However, whether they do or do not read you those rights is no longer the law. That's just a second, it, it works as almost, it's a primary source of law, but because a statute came out that trumped it, now it's used mostly as persuasive authority only. It's not treated as a primary source of law because there's a statute. Statutes and constitutional provisions always trump case law. Always. I'm aware. So that's, a, that's, that's the most important part to remember about that. Yeah, they're schooling everybody right now. They got a huge propaganda campaign out there to confuse everybody about, about oh, yeah, you have a right to, yeah, to remain silent. You don't have to say a damn thing. You know what I'm saying? That's true. You don't have to, and you don't have to resist either, even though you have the right to. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully I'm not sounding too, like, abstract, but... Uh, did you were you able to find the three five zero one of Title eighteen? Yes, I do see it. Uh, Mark or anyone else? I mean, I don't want to take over the host position here, but I'm trying to look for a feedback here from any of the ladies or gentlemen. Well, I just told you if the Miranda rights were introduced. All right, we're going to move on. Move on, please. Moving on, moving on. Yeah, I know that Jill, sounds good. I know Jill had some exciting news. Yeah, I do. So spill it. Well, I got something. Okay, I'm going to be um, working uh, for my county, Union County, Indiana, for uh, a gentleman by the name of Stephen McKenzie for Congress. So I'm in the process of sending out all kinds of invites to his page on Facebook. Um, some of you may receive those. I'm sending them out to all my cruise friends. And, so what's uh, his name? Stephen McKenzie. He is uh, Air Force Reserve and uh, Christian. Converse. So you're a McKenzie maiden now instead of cruise crew. <laughs> Mackenzie Maiden, that's funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's cute. Um, the thing is, though, we're not all women that's going to be working for him. <laughs> well, then you have the Mackenzie Maidens and the Mackenzie Men. <laughs> men, okay, there you go. Um, anyhow, the long Ooh, and short of it is what I McKenzie find funny and ironic about that is that just this past week, I've just now got I got my cruise crew T-shirt though, and I'm wearing it right now. I have, you know, <laughs> the Mackenzie Marauders. <laughs> Anywho, so um, so I'm going to work um, grassroots for him. I don't know really to what in what capacity we're going to try to get together for coffee this next week. His, um, well, I would suggest his, having a popcorn social, a corn roast social, a cornmeal social, a cornbread social. A would corn, you stop with all the corn? 
He was such a goof, man. There's more corn the in Indiana than there are people. Oh, yeah, the pigs are happy because they're going to eat. <laughs> well, it is almost time. I will tell you all that that uh, uh, starting in January, January, February, begins what is called in Republican circles the mashed potato circuit. And every year I get 20,000 invites to every political function from here to Timbuktu. Well, you should come up to this one for sure. I'm yeah. not doing any politics. None. <laughs> I am done. Well, done. you can just be a, you can just be a guest. You don't have to be involved. Nope. I don't want to attend rubber chicken socials either. Oh, okay. Listen. We don't serve my, rubber chicken up here. In my I don't know about what, what you do down there 14, in Tennessee, but we don't do that up here. And uh, oh, excuse me, rubber barbecue. In my, <laughs> in my excess of 14 years of doing political functions, I'm going to tell you that I have had more chicken and more pulled pork than I ever care to remember. Well, have you, there's a gal, the gal that got a hold of me uh, worked for Rick Santorum. You know, Prick is a good guy. He's just not a good <laughs> legislator. Well, he, listen, let me, let me tell you a little secret about Mr. Santorum. It's he probably he a good part, didn't he? After when it, with all that stuff that happened with his family. Well, I'm not even talking about his family. I feel sorry for his family. You know, I hate to see that they went through that. But um, one of the things that uh, that with Rick is he he's the Matt Lauer of Pennsylvania politics. <laughs> oh my. It, he was he was one of the ones that it was known that if you were an intern, a junior intern, uh, on the hill, you didn't you didn't visit his office alone. And mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about Matt Lauer. That that's actually one of the other topics He's, I wanted to, to talk sound about. Sound like a sour. He sound Matt Lauer sounds sour. Well, he ain't going to be too sour when he takes that thirty mil he didn't earn to the bank. No, because if you think NBC, if you think NBC is not going to pay out every penny of that for him to keep his mouth shut, yeah, they're going to pay it. I because, get reports that he's not going to get it. No, I don't care what those reports say; he's getting it, and I'm going to tell you why. He's got a clause in his contract, okay? <laughs> Basically, a morality clause. <laughs> but here's the issue: a <laughs> morality clause. He does. <laughs> But speaking of that, my nephew just posted on Facebook says this is probably not the year to hang that mistletoe up around the office with a big old wink. (laughs) (laughs) The the issue is that NBC executives from back in early in his career knew this activity was ongoing and turned the blind eye. If they knew about it, the morality clause doesn't kick in. And he can prove they knew about it. So if you think he's not getting thirty million, he is. Okay, they paid Katie Couric just as much to go away and be quiet. That's why she left NBC because of Matt Lauer. I believe it. So, um, mm-hmm. but it's a buyout. It's basically a buyout of the con the contract. There's no really. What it comes down to is how can they breach their own contract unless they buy him out. Well, listen, he it's much like coaches. He's going to get the money just because they want him to keep quiet. Okay? He knows too much about what goes on with NBC right. Universal 
that they don't want public. Okay, mm-hmm. they will. Thirty million is well worth it to them. How desperate is he? How desperate is Matt Lauer? That's what I want to know. As far as money, he's not. He's not. He's I mean, he made twenty. He made twenty <laughs> he million dollars be. a year. He might be that we'd ever know that. Don't 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 put so much faith in him. <laughs> oh, he's he's getting his thirty. Because see, this all this all goes back to Congress. I'm going to link every bit of this back to Congress because Congress wants this mess to go away. Democrats are going to put pressure on Comcast to just go ahead and pay him the thirty mil and be done. Okay, Comcast is going to be told, "Look, you pay it and be over with," because. Congress has this nasty little slush fund, okay? And anybody that's ever worked in politics more than two weeks up on Capitol Hill is well aware that there are many up there who like to stick their wick in different candle waxes, okay? <laughs> and I can name I can name for you in rapid succession 30 individuals Okay, that are currently elected officials up there in that building. That uh, okay, like you know what? I don't Bailey think Wick. that's something to be proud of. And quite frankly, I wish that they would um, find who's being proud of it, Jill. Who implement what? Who's being proud of it? Well, I, I'm not saying that you are, but what I'm saying is, is that knowing about it is all fine, will, and good. We should be trying to do something about it, and they need to find that guy, whoever the person is that's responsible, whether it be in the Treasury Department or whatever department it is or the president or whoever the heck it was oh, that implemented the, talking about the program to pay off using taxpayer funds. Yeah, whoever was responsible in our federal government for okaying that needs to be jailed. Well, let me explain to you how it works and why they're never going to go to jail because it wasn't illegal. Let me let me explain it. Wasn't illegal to use taxpayer funds to pay off their deviant behavior? No. Let me let me explain it to you. Donaldson, who has the authority oh, yeah. to who has the authority and and this is a one-word answer. Who <laughs> has the authority to tax and spend money? Congress Okay, that's all I need to hear. <laughs> now, who in Congress controls the purse strings? What committee? The uh, budget office. Oh, it ain't the budget office. Ways and means. Oh, shit. Ways, that's ways a, that's means. actually a good question. Ways and means committee. Or appropriations okay. in the Senate. No, appropriations in the Senate. No, no, no. Listen to me very closely. The only committee in Congress that controls purse strings. Even the Senate doesn't control purse, spring, purse strings. All they do is consent to the House budget. They're they're like the big brother that marks it yeah. up. Okay? Yeah. There is one uh, committee and one committee only. Okay? Ways and Means House. Committee. If it doesn't go through Ways and Means, it ain't happening. Then Appropriations gets involved and Appropriations will then deviate out. But here's the deal. Ways and Means has a budget, okay? They have a very bloated budget. Now, Billy, usually anybody not... Who bloated anybody, it? Huh? Who bloated it? Well, Congress did, of course. Well, it's just interesting, though, uh, Ways and Means. It's like, hey, here's how we're going to get done what we need to get done. Yeah. Well, here's here's what they do. 
Back in 1992, there was a big blow-up about the banks. The House has its own bank, okay? So does the Senate, but they have their own bank. And basically, congressmen can go there and they can take out loans, write checks, whatever. Well, the Democrats got in trouble because they were writing checks that the bank could not cash. And so Republicans took over. Well, you heard in the news in 1993, well, that bank doesn't exist. Well, that's a lie. Ways and Means created a little subcommittee. Well, actually, it's a sub-subcommittee that meets like at midnight. And in it is about $240 million that it's given each year to do with what it wants to. Okay? There is no... It's it's generally stuck in what's called a pork barrel spending bill, and nobody ever questions it. Okay? Because you don't have to line item... Uh, and this well, is the big like thing. Somebody had better start questioning it. You don't. Well, it's never going to happen. You don't have to line item committee budgets. But okay. see, when you say that, oh, it's never going to happen. You know something, Fabian? You, you want mark my people words? are the rightful owners of this country, not Washington and the people that are up there as elected. I don't give a rip if they're elected officials or not. They are not the rightful owners of this country. We, the people, are. And this is our money that they're spending. And our kids' money. And our grandchildren's money. Yeah, but the the delegates are actually, they operate under immunity. And so, yeah, there is a specific immunity. And there is an an indemnification that protects them. Now, you've heard... They've been telling this kind of crap to my people for about 400 years. What? You have, uh, you have, in this case, okay, you've got this budget out there, $240 million a year. That's kind of here or there. It, it, it changes. But anyway, so they operate through this bank. Well, what they do is as people both inside of Capitol Hill and outside of Capitol Hill make claims, they very quietly say they work out deals with attorneys, Gloria Allred, F. Lee Bailey, back when he was doing it. Hey, want you mute Southeast Texas also. Mute Southeast Texas. Mute everybody and just I'll, I'll wave my hand. Anybody that wants to speak to this host should just wave their hand and mute everybody. That's actually and a then, good idea since people yeah. want to interrupt Okay, so All right, we wait. have. Wait, don't unmute everyone. I I know who to unmute and who not to. Yeah. Southeast Texas, he comes on here quite a bit. I don't know his name, but I know he comes on here. I'm going to go ahead and tell y'all in the chat room because I see another one just come in. If it's the same, uh, shall we say? blank with ears and you start putting that crap in the chat room again, you're gone. So, Anyway, back to the, the point. The, the point at hand here is this committee, what they'll do is these attorneys mm-hmm. work it out with the attorneys for the House and the attorneys for the Senate, usually from the Sergeant at Arms, and they determine what amount of money for this to go away. 
Now, in recent weeks, you've heard our own Marsha Blackburn and a couple of others sponsor a bill to unmask this slush fund. Hmm. But the truth is, the slush fund itself, yes, they will unmask this slush fund, but here's what it will not do. It will not give you any broken, it will not give you any names. You will not see any names of any individual that has accessed this fund to pay out for sexual harassment claims. They talk about it, but it ain't happening. Okay, because what's going to happen is they're going to put a little, they're going to put a little money in this slush fund, okay, and it's going to sit there, and they're going to be like, well, it hasn't been accessed in years. Well, no, it ain't been accessed in years because it didn't exist years ago. It's existed long enough for this bill to get passed, and they won't do any business out of this slush fund. If they do, they'll pay off Al Franken's accuser because we all know about him. They'll pay off Conyers' accuser because we all know about him. They'll pay off uh, some of the others. Uh, mm, mm, mm. And just be done with it. That's actually it's crucial. It's critical. It's also criminal the way that they're using that slush fund. I mean, is that's actually taxpayers' money going straight into those places? I mean, where else are they getting the money from? Yeah. Well, now you do have in some cases back in, well, particular Democrat got himself into big doo doo, and. Uh, lobbyist actually paid his. He paid $4 million to two ladies to go away, tax-free. So, um, it's... Interesting. It's it's not, whereas John Q. Public is being made aware of some of this right now, this Mm -hmm. is not a big secret for those that have been in politics. We're all aware of this. We knew, uh, for example, with President Clinton, anytime we had to interact with just President Clinton with his detail, we would tell... uh, females, you know, look, here's what you don't do, and if he hands you a room key, you give it to the Secret Service. Okay? okay. And just be done. Mm-hmm. So, um, there's congressmen that you just don't go in a room with. You knew, um, again, there, there was a particular Republican that he and a, another Democrat liked little boys. And we would tell the pages, any of the pages that any of us knew, look, avoid these two offices unless you have a witness. Okay, and then those those two were actually pushed out of Congress by their respective parties, thank goodness. But um, the deviancy doesn't stop. I'll tell you the biggest one up there when he was still alive was Ted Kennedy. Oh, yeah. Ted Kennedy, they paid out more money to accusers of Ted Kennedy Robert KKK Bird, uh, Dennis Hastert. Dennis Hastert had some paid out on him. Um, that, you know, it just, and, and the list goes on. There, there's others. I won't mention any sitting ones, but there are several sitting ones that have used it. So, um, but the Nancy question. It's insanity. Let me ask you a question. Do you insanity. Think, I think, I think voting. Billion dollars of national debt, and we talk about paying off sexual harassment. It's insane. Jill, if you were to see the list, hang on a second. I'm gonna I'm gonna make this point. Jill, if you were to see the list of the people in Congress that just in the past five years, and the number of accusers they've had, and the amounts of money paid out to those accusers, you would be astonished at the names on that list. No, no, I wouldn't be astonished. 
where oh, it would, is you. relieved so that we can get them the heck out you, of there because you would be. they don't they, – wait a minute, time out. These people have the power of the purse. <laughs> Why would I want somebody like that in charge of my money that's going to the federal government? Why would you? Well, because you trust them and you have consensus. No, it, this the society that we have right now. Why would you want someone on, like these people in charge of your money? Well, because you have consensus. That's what this society is great for. That's what makes America great, is that it's a society based on consensus, not force of government. So a society based on what? It's, it's called consensus. What is it? Rather it's than what? Consensus, uh, you know, rather than something like, you know, where, you know, by rule, by, by the butt of a gun. Anyways, getting back to the host of the show, that, I mean, I think a lot of people in our society are actually missing the whole point of these, these, these shows. And and it's good that we have these conversations because there's some tagalongs out there, <laughs> some hitchhikers, if you will. There are a lot of hitchhikers, and I'd rather them come and hitchhike so, here. So, wait a minute, wait a minute. Consensus. So, so you believe that we should all just generally agree that this is the way that our government should be. These are the kind of people that we want in our federal government doing the work of with our money that we're paying in out of our paychecks. You do realize that's not what he said, right? Yeah, he said consensus. He did say the term consensus. He Thank didn't you. say that we were consenting to the actions going on. We send people to Congress to work to a consensus to get things done. Okay, but but paying off sexual deviance is not being getting things done that's for the betterment of this country. I'm sorry. But you can you can fight this and argue this and, and debate this until the cows come home, and I will tell you that that is malarkey. It's I malarkey. didn't think I was debating it. Well, Just... okay, but then we, need to, then we need to come up with something that would be a solution to it. And you're yeah, saying is, you know, that they're never going to divulge this and they're never going to divulge yeah. that. Fine. Then we just need to go in and clean house, get them all back out. Do, do we really? Bring new people in that are not going to do this kind of stuff. This is well, not. Let me, let me ask you uh, a question. Uh, good point. Good point. Do we, do, do we truly need to know these people? Now you're starting to sound like Bill Maher. No, I'm, I'm asking uh, a question. Simply. Because he said, do I need to know if somebody's given a blowjob to somebody in the Oval Office? Those were Bill Maher's exact words about well, Clinton. I, I am going to tell you that had had that BJ occurred in any other room of the White House, we didn't need to know. I agree with that. <laughs> it occurred. <laughs> Bill Maher, this, is this is fucking Bill Maher. Oh, yeah. How are you doing? Should be protected, but any other room would be okay. See, this is yes. this is the mentality. I'm going to tell you why change. why it would be okay, Jill. I'm going to tell you why it would be okay in any of the other 131 rooms of the White House. Because number one, that's the president's house. The Oval Office is where he does the country's business. You keep it clean. You do your job. You've got 131 other rooms. Me personally, I would have took her to the Peacock. Okay, no witnesses, no nothing. The PIOC is safe and secure. Nobody would ever know nothing. 
Okay, but he did. Okay. You're, you would have taken her somewhere else, some other room. I mean, come on, this is the president. <laughs> I would have taken her to the Piac. It's not funny. You guys sit there and make yeah, jokes money, about money. it. This money, is the kind of mentality that's causing the trouble in this Jill, country. The point is, is that it's the president's house. Okay. Y'all are making me mad. I'm a female feminist, and I'm a real one, not these cheap wannabes out in California. Well, feminism doesn't exist. They like to. Think oh yes, it does, and it's got a big C called conservative behind her butt. Let me tell well, you. Conserv- conservatives aren't I'm feminists, and if they are, it's counterproductive not, to the I'm conservatives. Not. They are feminists. They are the true They're feminists not, because they stand for things right. They're not. Like life yeah. and They're liberty. Of, would I you have a want to make to know you what guys. you do in your home? 
the fact well, of the matter is, you know, I'll tell you what, I've, I've talked to that too, Fabian. Our culture has gone so far downhill, it has and I'm leaving it in that. Absolutely, you guys. The culture will either clean itself up, Come on. Because, because there will be thought things brought to light, like our, well, like what's happening now. I'm trying to other people will be brought to to, to some um, recompense as a result. <laughs> it happens high up. It has tendency to have a domino effect. It could happen you, all over the country before it's all set. Don't you want to? Don't still, you want to hear my confession? You're still having a you're still having a conversation about a personal matter that had nothing to do with the public. It's the only reason that it had anything to do with the public with Bill Clinton is because he did it in the Oval Office where the country does business. And, and he, if you're going to have anybody that's good and decent running the country, you have to look at their character. Come on, come on. You know okay. what, you guys? Bottom uh, line. Let me, let, let me confess, please. I, you know what? I banged Hillary. I confess. Well, I don't let know me why her. you would have done that because she doesn't like <laughs> men. Yeah, she doesn't like me. I don't know. I did. I did. I did bang her though. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Oh my God. Okay. Here's, well, let's move. Let's move the conversation the along. And you know, I feel sorry for here's, you if you did. But here's the okay. Thing. Here's here's the thing. You talk about character. Bill Clinton had already been accused of raping women when he was the Arkansas Attorney General and the Governor, and they still elected him president. So who is the judging of character? I mean, you know, you're going to call a spade a spade. That's what I'm talking about. If you look at that time frame, Barbara, which was the 90s, I distinctly recall seeing, uh, I believe it was an Oprah show, if I'm not mistaken, where three-fourths of the young audience that grew up in the 90s said to her in at this on the stage, it's the it's the 90s. It's sex. Everybody's doing it when she had her AIDS program. So, you know, we can sit and we can talk about this until we're blue in the face. But the fact is the culture has gone downhill, has gone down a slippery slope, and there's a recompense coming. There, there's It's already started. I firmly believe that. I'm seeing it. I'm mean, seeing it. It's being played out right I'm an optimist. I, there's a lot of pessimists and optimists, and there's different views here. But, I mean, I appreciate that, but I honestly have a different perspective. I think people are actually waking oh, up to what's really going on. Like I said before, people are waking up to what's really going on, you know, and this is the optimist view. You know, uh, it, it certainly you can choose to be, um, you know, to see all the negative aspects of the manipulation, and you have to in order to choose what you want to do, if you want to join that side or if you want to be on the other side, uh, you know, which is basically producing something that is, is, not, is very constructive, basically. So <laughs> I think you, you get what I'm, where I'm going with that, and that is just that we get the choice now to choose. Basically, well, I heard a really interesting thing said today. Uh, by somebody in the media that I definitely have respect for, okay? Who's conservative. He's part of CRTV. And he said, and I quote, that there is a progressive movement in this country that is actually a religion. And that religion is is hell-bent on destroying Christianity. Now, that's a fact, and it's it's happening right now. So you well, take I mean, what it's worth, how is that and with it, anything that's not, whichever you But you know what, that's totally private. I mean, that's a private affair if you really think about it. What's private? Government, well, that if someone wants to destroy 
of religion, that's their choice, but that has nothing to do with government. It absolutely does have everything to do with government. In fact, it has everything to do with your government. It has no, politics. Excuse me, First sir. Of all, politics. Got a lot the establishment of clause. It's my turn. Establish, Wait a minute. The establishment it's clause. My turn. The, let me give you a chance. Give me a chance. It's my turn to talk tonight. It's my turn. And my turn give is this. Your Bill of Rights are inalienable, and inalienable rights can only come from one place, and that isn't any man in Congress, that's not the President Mm -hmm. of the United States, and it isn't the Supreme Court. It is the Supreme Being, your Creator. That's the Bill of Rights. There's the right to rights, and we're thinking about where they come from. Okay. Well, let me ask you, I do respect what you're saying, and I want to ask you honestly, I apologize if I come off as rude, I'm excited about these topics. Here's my question. I mean, do you, are you familiar with the Establishment Clause of the Constitution? If you think you're going to you, throw the Establishment Clause at me, it's about the separation of church and state. Do you even understand what the separation of church and state is about? Yes, I do. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Well, then why don't you Let's explain it to us? Let's get ready to rumble. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's, so, here's the deal. Number one, Thomas Jefferson was the only person to ever mention separation of church and state in the Federalist Papers. Okay, so let's just go ahead and throw that out there. Number two, the deal of morals and character, yes, they are important. But a moral compass, if you choose to use that as your your barometer for who you select to be the leader, then you have every right to do so. What I am simply saying is that, and, and I'm not, listen, I'm not saying right, wrong, otherwise. I am simply saying that what he chooses to do in 131 of those rooms in that house, it's his house. He can do what he wants no, to do. I, I got that. I got that. And, okay. and it, I understand what you're saying. I thought, I thought it was the people's house. Actually, when the president lives in it, we give it to him as uh, suffrage of the people. There it is. He has the right. He's got the right to do what he needs to do Mm -hmm. uh, in that house. And if he chooses to sleep with 50 women, that is his business, not the people's. Okay? Jack can do this. I'm I'm simply going to put it out there. It's, It's his business. That, uh, dude, that is awesome. You, great point because in a de jure republic, he would be the highest, you know, constituent, if you will, on the totem pole. Ultimately, the chief, right? He is the big cheddar cheese. That's for sure. He is the chief. He's the print. He's the, he's the person who's in in charge. He's one branch of the government. That's it. Mm-hmm. Okay. What? No, actually, it, it, it still it still doesn't matter. He's one branch of the government. What What about the pocket veto? Can you? How do you explain pocket veto? I'm not Just, saying I'm not saying um, Fabian anything that that is an argument with what you're trying to suggest. What I'm saying is is that if we don't find people with better character to represent our country. And we're not we're not going to get anywhere. And if if North Korea's latest attempt was not proof of that pudding, 
with them coming so close to Hawaii like they did with that last missile. And now it's been brought out in the, it, that mm-hmm. they can head all the way to D.C. If they, if they are successful with this other thing that they're working on right now, you know, we're, we're going to wait mm-hmm. like we did back in World War II, and we're going to wait until we get hit. Okay. So just, you know, the West Coast has probably got more to fear than we do, and that's fine with me right now. Circumstances. I hear what you. California's doing and the mentality that's coming out of that state. I do get it. You know what? You're justified. I I I want to apologize if I came off wrong. I hear what you're saying now, and I resonate with it. Okay. Um, I think you have a radiance about you. That's that's good. That it's 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 definitely attractive. I also feel like what you were saying right there was like resonating with my. Also, my frustration when I deal with all of these Californians around me, you know, and so, you know, I think you're on the right track. But I don't have, it's not my opinion that matters. I have family in California, and I genuinely worry about them and their family and their kids, and they're, they're, they're my first cousins. So, yeah, I, I worry about them. It's dangerous. Actually, you know we're getting chemtrailed every day out here on the West Coast. All kinds of chemtrails everywhere. Well, one of my first cousins works in one of the grocery stores. She has face-to-face interactions on a regular basis with Muslims who treat her horribly. That's what President Obama allowed us. Go through. Well, I mean, wait a minute. I don't... I'm in San Francisco. It's a pretty liberal town. There's not a lot of Muslims everywhere running around treating me bad. Well, my first cousin lives in in Hemet, which is a suburb mm-hmm. of L.A. No, that that wait, wait. Let me let me let me let me back up a second here. I I I recant, you guys. I I retract my statement. <laughs> there actually has been surprisingly a number of Muslim-owned businesses that have refused me service here in San Francisco. Now that you're mentioning it, I'm starting to realize, wow, you're making a really good point. Like all, a lot of the cafes, some of, uh, most of the eateries, even liquor, liquor stores, cafes, laundromats, mostly it's, there's a lot of Arabic-owned and also Hispanic-owned stuff going on out here. That's like the convenience stores here in our yeah. area. The Definitely. Cafes. Mm-hmm. Well, gotta gotta appreciate that uh, you know uh, the efficiency there when it comes to getting those registered voters online. <laughs> Do you think that they should have a voter ID requirement to vote? Voter ID? Definitely. Yeah, in other words, you should have to show your ID before you get a chance to vote. Sure. Let me tell you know, something about mm-hmm. here in Indiana. We have to produce our driver's license in order to get our ballot. Well, absolutely. But if you're, it depends on your claim that you're making. If you're a qualified elector, registered, qualified elector instead of registered voter, then it, then you may not worry about your having to show ID as a registered voter because you know that if you're voting on a registered level. All you're doing is a popular type of vote, you know. But as a qualified elector, your vote would have more impact because you would be representing a de jure aspect of your community. 
Hey, you're talking about a delegate being a delegate in your state. Well, I'm really what I'm referring to is kind of a it's, it, qualified it, it elector. That that makes, that that leads me to the word delegate, which makes you well, a representative of your area. Which is the same thing as a registered voter in essence, right? No, you can be a registered voter. No, you can be a delegate. <laughs> yeah. You, as yeah. a registered voter, you are a delegate, basically. You're in, someone in yeah. California. You are. It's different in other states. Right. Right. Every state handles oh. their, their elections or whatever as they see fit. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's interesting though because this whole qualified elector thing is. Do you know the cities and counties when they have their boards of supervisors? All of those people are the qualified electors of the various precincts and districts in, within that municipality. So the who, however many they be, maybe it be ten or eleven boards heads, right, of supervisors for the different districts, each they are the ones that are the qualified electors for the entire municipality. And that, to me, seems like a manipulation and a and a a mutation, straight up mutation of the common law. Do you know what I mean? Hello. Yeah. So what you're saying is, is you don't feel like your vote counts then, because no matter what you might vote for, it's what they want that is what you what you think is is what's going to be correct. And well, that is the way the system works. So there are electors. You know what I mean? There's and they actually do the the voting. You know, like for for some specific purposes. Let's just say. You know, your House of Representatives, actually, and all of those people that are working in your state legislature actually vote for, those are qualified electors. You know who's a qualified elector also? All the police officers in your town, as well as the sheriff. Everyone working in public office, basically, are qualified electors. And, you know, the interesting thing about, why is that a problem for me? Is because... Registered voters who are the people, they represent the power of our community, and they're not even valued as qualified electors. Their vote is not counting. And the only way I think really to like bring that aspect back into, you know, view is to be able to ex- ex- exercise the, you know, the de jure power of the government is by people actually stepping up and saying, you know what, I don't need to be a registered voter to vote. I'm a qualified elector. I'm here, my registration number is right here. I'm registered with this per company over here. It's a private company that all they specialize in is registering qualified electors. Yeah, but that's not going to happen. It will happen. Definitely. It won't. It it's won't. already happening. It is happening. It, it is in the People's Republic of California. Yeah. And also Oregon, too. But it's not going to happen in real states. Oregon, Washington, California, yes, I don't dispute that it'll probably happen there. (laughs) So you don't think the qualified elector is, I mean, the cases that I have are from all over the country. What we're saying is, what you're talking about is is kind of like comparing the popular vote to the electoral vote, okay, in the presidency. It's a very very comparable (laughs) thing, and you can't... You know, you you got to understand. I I have a huge suggestion for you. I mean, you I do get what you're saying. Some, some sense. Why don't you get get involved? You got access to the internet, I'm sure. 
uh, why don't you get on his Hillsdale College and take take some um, some instruction seriously? Because I did it on the Constitution, and <laughs> and and there's a d- bunch of different classes you can choose from that are like ten week mm. courses, and they're free. Mm-hmm. They're free. They don't charge you a dime to take them. Are you making is this a joke? Some of them are open um, discussion tables with a bunch of. <laughs> are students. you making a joke right now? Pardon me. Are you making a joke? <laughs> no, Good I'm, I'm that's hilarious. Serious. Oh man, that's hilarious. Okay, well, uh, okay, well, let's, let's let's just move forward here. How about that? Appreciate it. Thank you. Well, I mean, I'm I'm serious because you know it's 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 important that we know our founding mm-hmm. documents. Okay. You now, if we don't know them, we can't uh-huh. learn from them. I think it's at this, this point. Those good founding point. documents have worked mm-hmm. in this country mm-hmm. 240 years. To turn around mm-hmm. and just decide, oh, well, I'm not happy with this or that, so therefore we're going to change mm-hmm. this or that, is not necessarily the answer. Change? And I'll tell you why. Because if socialism mm-hmm. is what is what uh, California is pushing towards, you ought to go check out what Venezuela is like right now. And what those people over there are getting to eat for, for lunch and dinner. Look, hey, listen, you know the 14th Amendment, right? It said anyone born or naturalized and subject to the jurisdiction of the United States is a citizen of blah, 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 both, right? The United States and the state that they're from, right? Well, guess what? I'm not immediately subject to the jurisdiction of the United States just because I'm born here. There's no minimum contact with the state and therefore... They don't have jurisdiction over me. So you know what that means? You know what that means? You know what that means? I have a choice to be loyal. And if I'm loyal, that means I'm an honorable person. I'm choosing to be loyal to a degenerative constituency, and it's based on honor, not based on, like, some sort of, like, righteous, like, uh, I don't know, like, like forceful kind of, like, like, tyrannical, you know, adhesion contract. Who do you answer to them? And stop being patronizing. Who do you answer to? God. So you're not. You say you're not going to follow the laws of the United States, even though you're born here. Is that what you're saying? Because if you are, I'm not going to follow the laws of the United States. And move the health by Iraq, if that's the way you feel. I like your diversion tactics. I think you're patronizing my friend. Now stop it. I actually am more constitutionally profound with my education than she is. So what the hell are you talking about? Let's not go to it. Let's not go. Yeah. I'm talking about what you've been saying for the last half hour. That because you're talking about qualified electors for the last ten minutes. Yeah. Don't patronize me. (laughs) Patronize. I don't even know what you're... You are a patriot. I don't... Honestly, I don't appreciate your accusations right now. If you just don't mind chilling back for a second, we can get to your, um, you know, your question in a minute. Um, it's but, not running this damn call. You are not the host. So back off. Right, right, right. Well, but but the point is that this is political straight talk, so I'm just going to keep it real. Is that okay with you? But you're not the host, so get it straight. No, I'm not okay. this call. Yeah, that's the guy right there. I'm the host, <laughs> and Barbara, 
I can handle myself, but thank you. <laughs> Don't patronize my friends. Don't come up here and tell me that you're a uh, constitutionalist and you believe in the Constitution and you degrade no. everybody around you. Don't do it. You're you're barking up the wrong tree and you're degrade. not in my league. Actually, I like a healthy debate. I apologize if anyone took offense to my discussion this evening, and I yield the mic on, on that point here. Well, I'll tell you what, since you're yielding the mic, how do you feel about pro- people that are pro-life? Because i got news for you. Every woman that makes the decision to, to abort a child mm-hmm. has committed murder. And they have to live with that for the rest of their lives. And we have a private corporation called Planned Parenthood, that is, that is an abortion mill that is taking the lives of infants to the tune of 60 million since the 1970s. Mm. So if you think that's okay, yeah. then we have a problem. And if you'd like to debate that, I'll take it up right this second. Me too. I, I can't stand I mean, there, there, there. I believe there in is. God if you believe in choice. Because God doesn't believe that we're supposed to kill people. And I'm sorry, but mm-hmm. when you've got a pregnancy that is mm-hmm. that is going to, if you leave it alone, in nine months, what are you going to have? You know, I have never had a pro-choice person ever be able to answer that question. Right. You know what? Issues of abortion should be left to the jury. Excuse what? me? Straight up to the jury. It's also individual. In other words... If you feel like someone made it, took an, you know, had an abortion and it was wrong, and you want to bring that person to trial, then you should be, you should allow that person to have a jury. That's it's not, common it's, law. It's not my place to to be the judge and jury. What I'm trying to say, sir, is that it's wrong to kill. It's wrong to do that. <laughs> that's wrong. You know what? You said that you yeah, okay. were God. Well, if that's true, then do you answer to his commit to his commandments too? Well, I got to interfere here. <clears throat> yeah. Number one, it's not wrong to kill; it's wrong to murder. There is a difference. And <laughs> number two, number two. I'm aware of that. That's why I said murder first. Well, you followed up with kill, and those are two different meanings. So, anyway, argument over. My show. Mm, excellent. Okay. So, let's move on to the final topic of the day and what everybody wants to know. Okay. What is Kim Kardashian going to name her new surrogated child? <laughs> North by Northwest. <laughs> I actually like that one. All right. Well, I want to thank I want to thank my guests for a relatively spirited program this evening that run incredibly over. Uh, you did good, brother. We'll have to uh, pick up some of the other topics uh, on another recording at another time. For uh, those of you that are regulars, uh, you'll know that I have decided to quit doing the show on a regular basis, and I'm only going to do the show on a uh, special basis, uh, important events, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, on that note, we're going to end the recording. You can hang around for uh, PST after dark if you so choose, but no arguing. 
No fussing, no fighting, or you will get the mute. Uh, remember, you've got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. Freedom isn't free, so thank a soldier. For without the soldier, we wouldn't be able to do this. Thank the families of the soldiers. For without those, we wouldn't have an all-volunteer army. On behalf of those of us here at Political Straight Talk, I am the Political Superman saying, have a good night, everybody. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.